everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I am here today with Chris Nicholson to talk again about Better Call Saul. Uh, we have uh, we just watched Monday the mid-season finale, which is apparently a thing. Um, it's uh, uh, what was the episode called again, Chris? Do you remember? Plan and execution. Plan and oh wow, that's a double entendre. So, yeah. Okay, that's quite the double entendre. And uh, so yeah, this is spoilers, like like always. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what did you, what did you think? Well, uh, like you, I, I was pretty shocked by the ending. You know, yeah. Howard didn't deserve to go out that way. Poor man. They they, they spent a lot of time setting that guy up to give him kind of the most pathetic end possible. The most pathetic. He died telling the truth. I think uh, he died in a sort of honorable way. I think. I don't know. I don't know if it was well, the most pathetic. Okay, but, but they spent a lot of time. Uh, it was orchestrating you know, it was the audience's like sympathies. Yeah. You know, it's like a senseless crime. It's like a guy just like gets bugged down the street. It's like he was just in the wrong place in the wrong. Well, he didn't die. Like Jimmy didn't directly kill him. It's like Jimmy happened. To, like it, it didn't have to. It wasn't like Jimmy happened to like be involved with Lalo and happened to be involved with um, uh, with Howard. But it wasn't that directly related. Where it's like he brought Howard to a situation where he knew Lalo would be right. So it was like it's still Jimmy's fault for being like bad things happen when you are involved with a cartel and when you're involved in crime. Um, but in the way it was also sort of random, which, yeah, that, that makes it pathetic and, uh, sad. He could have been like a janitor who walked in or, you know, or something pretty much. Um, and, and he never had really any inkling why he died. He had no, ink. he had no inkling why he died. My God, you're right. They, they, they sometimes shows do this when somebody gets like, when you spend a lot, you, you get to know a character and it's always for a reason, either they're meeting their end or, like you know, Nacho before he died had a lot had a lot of alone time and a lot of introspection and a lot that happening with him. Um, you know, they're either going to meet their demise or they're being you know the, their story is coming to an end or their story is like you know going to become more they're going to become more important and they're going to uh, take off. So Lalo, you know, that happened to Lalo, but he became more important. Um, and why and Howard, you know, he got his uh, yeah this this was this was him circling the drain. So Jimmy has eliminated H and M. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's nothing left of HHM. <laughs> what a tone. This is somebody was telling me, I was like, I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't know, just to someone I know on Twitter DMS. And he's like, you know, uh, I don't think they'll kill Kim. It's not a, you know, it's not as dark a show as breaking Bad. I'm like, what are you talking about? It is a dark, dark show. Yeah. What are you watching? I mean, he, <laughs> Chuck is, Chuck's situation was sad. Howard's end is, you know, absurdly sad. Jimmy, like the fact that he's at fault for, you know, both of these deaths. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just the, the complexity of Chuck's mental illness was, uh, you know, incredibly dark and, and depressing. Um, so, so yeah, he, did you? What did you think as you were? watching it so like what was your sort of uh, like thought pattern like when when howard came to jimmy's or before that like what, what were you sort of expecting well you know when howard i, I didn't expect lalo to arrive that that took me by surprise you know i, I thought we were going to have a perfectly good climactic scene with the way it was going with howard well, when, just when there, was a, when there was a knock on the door did, I, I thought lalo was my first thought who did you what, did, oh what no did you I, I i definitely expected that to be howard you know, uh, I thought it, I thought it was Lalo. 
Um, that would be just like Howard, you know, showing up to, to, to make them feel bad, which he was succeeding at. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, and then what happened? And then you thought it was going to be, he's just, and, and then, you know, the, the stuff with the candle was very well done, the flicker. And then uh, I love the way they introduced Lalo kind of looming in the background, blurry. And then mm. at first you see just Kim and Jimmy's faces, like they're terrified. They're shrinking back in horror. And there's this moment, there's this moment where Howard thinks that it's about him. <laughs> and and then you see him realize, no, no, they're not scared of me at all. Something else is going on. Hmm, okay. I missed that split. I missed that split second. And then when, when Lala was in there, did you, what, what did you expect to happen? You know, basically the moment I saw Lalo, I knew Howard was a goner. Okay. And, and I think that they probably knew it too. Everybody except Howard knew that he was a goner at that moment. Uh-huh. Okay, so I predicted a little bit better than you at the start, but that I didn't predict that at the end. So when the door knocked originally, I thought it's Lalo because we saw Lalo. Um, you know, he was changing his. It's just like just just like him to come back. So I don't know. I thought it was Lalo because the scene where they were um, where he like sort of uh, he was there before that stuck in my mind. So I always thought he's going to come back one day. Um, so I thought Lalo was my first thought, and then. Jimmy goes, yeah, come in. I, I couldn't tell who the voice was. So I thought I still thought it was Lala, like up until that point. And then, um, yeah, it's Howard. Um, and then that, at that point, I think there's a chance. I still think there's a chance Lala shows up. I don't expect it. I expect like you. Um, I think it's gonna. And I became more convinced that he that this was the scene because it was like it felt satisfying. It was the culmination of something. It was like Howard was like, oh yeah, my marriage. Like he's like, you know, Howard was like showing us a part of himself. Like everyone thinks he's got it all together, but like he's still he's professional and he's meticulous. But he's like he's got his own difficulties. Like he, you know, his marriage is falling apart, and he makes them feel bad when he talks about right, right. It. He brings that up, um, and then he it, it was really them, the oh, moment where he mentioned his marriage falling apart that, that they started to kind of crack and feel sorry for him. Yeah. And then he, and you know, and then he drops truth bombs on them. You know, you're sick. You're doing it for because you like the, you know, you the thrill of it. He comes to, you know, he he tells uh, them the truth, and he also tells you know another truth is I'll be okay, right? And it's like okay, Howard's going to be okay. Like I feel good yep. at that point. Like he'll be fine. And Jimmy, you, you're not. We don't know what's happening going to happen to Jimmy or Kim yet. So he's he's foreshadowing uh, perhaps. Uh, something that's going to happen to them. And so that feels satisfying. Like Howard walks away from their life. He'll put the pieces back together um, and he'll be okay. And then Jimmy and Kim have to go uh, meet their fate. And then Lalo comes in and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked watching this. I don't know what's going to happen. I think that, you know, maybe he, I think, you know, maybe Howard just leaves and, you know, we still get that satisfying last scene. Um, or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was too into the scene. I wasn't really predicting, I think much of anything, uh, at that point when, when he was putting the silencer on the gun, I thought it was just an intimidation thing. I did not think that, you know, he was about to use it at that moment. Um, we've seen him flash guns before, right? We've seen him, uh, did Howard get a, did Howard get a, he saw the gun. Howard saw the gun. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was only when he saw the gun that, that Howard started to realize, Hey, you know, maybe I should leave. Can I leave? And yes, in the, in the yes. moment, you know, there's like five seconds where he realizes <sighs> that he's probably about to die. Uh, but he does he does he know? I mean, he could be you know if he shoots Kim and Jay, could be, you know does he know he's about to die? He could like rob him. I mean, he doesn't know. You know, whatever he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
he doesn't, I don't think he knows he's about to die because he doesn't be- start begging Lalo to spare him or anything, right? He looks at Jimmy and Kim right. and he's like, what is this okay, about? So, so there, he, there's he, like five seconds where Howard knows it's a live possibility he might die. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he doesn't, he doesn't know it's for, you know, he doesn't know the guns for him. He doesn't know who this guy is. He could be just coming to kill. Gee, but you know, he's in danger, obviously. Uh, and so, yeah. And then, you know, you know he, well, yeah, one he, really he, striking thing about about that scene mm-hmm. is that during the entire thing before Lalo gets there, uh, there's this asymmetry because Howard is in full truth telling, uh, you know, truth bomb dropping mode, and Kim and Jimmy this entire time are worried that he's wearing a wire that he's recording them somehow, and so they they can't respond truthfully at oh. all. He's wearing a wire. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's, that's clearly why that they basically uh, tried to say say nothing the whole time. And how do they realize he's not wearing a wire? I, I don't think that they ever really realized that. Yeah, they could. T- they, they should tell Lalo now. The whole time. Yeah, they should tell Lalo now. They, they should tell Lalo he was wearing a wire, and then Lalo will run away. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Is that how it works? That, would that be a good? That's a that's a tough split second. That's a tough split second dis- decision. Um, the silencer was still pretty loud. Is that how silencers work? They're pretty loud. Uh, they? In fact, silencers I think don't work even nearly as well as that one did. Like it, in this is a well known thing. Silencers never work nearly as well as Hollywood shows them. So I mean, the probably everybody in that, that apartment should have heard that gunshot. Well, you hope it's building. like you hope it's not a. Um, obvious like so you want your neighbors to think it's just something falling on the floor or something right rather than a gunshot so maybe you reduce the probability of calling the police by some you know amount well you know my my, i've looked into this a little bit uh from what i can tell it still pretty much just sounds like a gunshot just a a slightly softer gunshot okay so yeah they might be calling the police other people might be coming unless Unless in this universe, right, the silencer works works well. Yeah, really, even the best like cartel, like you know, whatever the highest end stuff, it's going to be, it's going, it's not going to work very well. Yeah, I, I've researched this a little bit, and basically, silencers just aren't nearly as effective as Hollywood would have you believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but we'd miss out on a lot of good stories uh, and plot devices if, if they showed yeah. silencers realistically. Is it even worth using one? Uh. Probably not. Okay, that's my impression. <laughs> it's not worth the time it took for Lalo to to uh, screw it screw it on. Uh, okay, so yeah, P- Howard is Howard is gone. Um, HHM is yeah d- destroyed. So the the plan. I mean, the plan we had a uh, you almost you had you had a theory about the plan, um, and it's an, it was on call. We did it on calling, but we're going back to Better Call Saul to. To this YouTube and and uh, the Richard Hernandez Substack, um, you almost you had it almost completely right, um, but actually it was more satisfying the way they did it because you you didn't have the Porsche part about um, uh, you know and I thought they were going to leave this actually unexplained so you know a lot would have made more sense if Jimmy was in cahoots with Howard's private uh, private eye and when we talked about this we said um, we don't know why that would be so we can't assume that but that would make it a lot easier. Right. Yeah. And, and it turned out he was, and I thought they were just going to maybe leave this hanging or something, not explain exactly how they were in cahoots. It's just like, oh, Jimmy just knew him or something. But then we get a good explanation, which makes sense and, you know, is smart. Right. They just didn't show us any of those pieces of Jimmy's plot. They didn't yeah. put any of it on camera. 
So they exactly. they, they kind of didn't give us the key information. Yeah, so it was very that was very satisfying. I mean, you want that you want you know like okay, this could have like that makes sense. Um, and then the <laughs> my God, the the pictures changed. Like who would have? Yeah, that was brilliant. So the pictures changing, right? It's like right, that, remember because this was a mystery. Like we're going to be like Howard has the uh, pictures. Um, and so it's going to like, you know, Jimmy is going to be like, everyone's going to, Jimmy's going to be exposed and Kim's reputation is going to be ruined. Uh, but then like, yeah, I guess they got this, um, they, they, that's why they put that like black stuff or that whatever, which like makes it like, it has like a different, so it changes the picture. I don't know how this works. There's like a picture on top of a picture and then the old picture like melts away after a certain period of time. And then the huh. other picture uh, is shown, you know, th that's a good question. I just kind of assumed that they got somebody to go in and switch the pictures out. No, that's what Howard thought. He said the private, but no, because what was the point of that? Them putting that, you know, that stuff on there. I thought the stuff they were pasting on it was was just the drug. So he'd he'd touch it and he'd get the the drug. Oh, that's thing. fucking brilliant! I, I you know what I assumed? I assumed the private eye somehow slipped it in his coffee or or something. Uh, no, no, I'm pretty sure at least some of the stuff they put on it was was the drug. Well, some of it like blacked out. Did you see it? Like, I don't know. It seemed to have some interaction with the. Um, uh, huh. That was that was the drug, and someone s switched the. Yeah, I, I really wanted. I really want to know what uh, happened. Uh, how did Jimmy? How did uh, Howard's pictures get switched? Better call Saul because I, I, yeah, you that makes sense. The drug, you're right. Uh, and there's actually a moment that shows, uh, that that Howard is like looking at his fingertips and and he's rubbing them together and he's like, What, what is this on my fingertips? Mm, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, so here's a page that is very, uh, uh, stupid California, they give me pop-ups. I can't even get to the freaking website. Okay. <laughs> Is this the consent to cookies stuff? Ah, stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Then with the Jimmy, uh, yeah, Frizz. So the Frisbee thing, I mean, that was funny. That was really funny. Uh, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> because of like, just a guy with a mustache who's, <laughs> and he's on drugs. Uh, yeah, so this is like so here's Huffing in post. Who knows if they're smart enough to even follow along? Yeah. Uh, the gag in which the compromise are switched out for pictures. Switched out. I, I I want to think that there was like a image underneath that. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense. I want that to be true. Hmm. Yeah, I, I want that if if like pictures can even work like that. <laughs> That's not how pictures. That's not how pictures work, <laughs> because it would be much, you know, funnier. They put the they put the drug on there. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because we don't know. I mean, we don't know who switched or how. Um, the pi the pi switches. Okay, so like I found two websites at least to say the pi. Uh, switches them. Okay, I guess that that's not hard to. He hands them back to him. He hands them. So he has to look. Yeah. yeah okay. So the, the okay. So it's not that's not impossible to believe. Okay. I'm I'm just I'm sad. I'm sad that the the picture didn't dissolve and like change into this frisbee guy. They had the timing worked out perfectly. Like when he came back, it would have like the pictures would have been different. I would have I would have loved for that to be true. 
doesn't he doesn't he hand the uh, he does he hand back the photos i think he hands back the photos to the the pi i think he puts them yeah know, yeah like it may, maybe it happens during that moment although mm. you know he'd really be betting on howard not looking at them again mm, yes yes i mean does howard leave you know the pi leaves the pi leaves the room before howard does um yeah okay. I, I think we have to believe that that the, the switch happens sometime after howard leaves the room and leaves the envelope and goes to the the meeting otherwise like if the pi did the switch while they were there the entire plan is ruined if ha- howard just takes a second glance at the pictures mm, yeah but why does he take a second because he doesn't know that's going to be the judge it's the same guy so he's not going to take a look i think until he sees the judge this is yeah this is the this is the brilliant yeah, this is the I mean this is the yeah brilliant thing about it. It's like yeah, I mean we had a, we had to we had to have a plan for um we had to have an explanation of like how Howard is you know, Howard couldn't have those photos in his hands. Like, you know, things you know, things things would get bad for Jimmy and, and Kim. We were talking about Kim and you were like you were telling me, like, oh maybe they just decided screw it, like, you know, Kim will deal with the consequence and like, no, she's 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 ambitious and she's not gonna She's not going to do that. She's trying to climb her way up, get this stupid nonprofit thing um, uh, or whatever it is uh, going. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it was it was satisfying, despite my disappointment that you know the magic switching pictures <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> like the fat man melts away and then the other guy comes up. I would have been I would have been very happy. Uh, so, so it was yeah, it was brilliant. Um, the uh, the Lalo thing. So when he was like in the sewer. Um, he was the he you know he he saw the laundry mat and then at some point what does he realize when he he's like going to go in to the laundry mat and then sometime at well, some point he realizes he can't what did he realize? Uh, so he realizes a couple things uh, dur- during that scene. Uh, the first thing is when he calls Hector at uh, the retirement home and then uh-huh. he hears like a little clicking. Yeah, yeah, I got that. He he, he he knew it was t- uh, tapped. So yeah, yeah, and and that's when he he makes that change of mind. Uh, but the thing I, I didn't notice un- until I read some uh, some some fans talking about it on, on Reddit, mm. Lalo's plan changes a second time when he sees a cockroach scurry by, and uh-huh. the cockroach makes him think of Jimmy, because oh. he he said it to Kim earlier and a few episodes ago. Jimmy, that guy, he's like a cockroach, and so that's when Lalo's plan changes a second time, and he decides. Like Kimmy to sa- to Kim says Jimmy. to Jimmy, "He's a cockroach. That guy's a cockroach." Yeah, when, when Kim visits Lalo, uh, while Jimmy is missing in the desert, Kim visits Lalo in, in jail, and he, and she's like, "What's going on with Jimmy?" And he says, "Oh, don't worry about that guy. He's like a cockroach. He's a survivor." And so it's when Lalo sees the cockroach scurrying by that he starts thinking, "Oh, maybe I can do something with that lawyer guy uh, instead of say wow. attacking uh, the laundromat." That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So he's, yeah. So what is okay? So. But he he switches play first. He was gonna he was going to do something with um, so you know the, what's the chronology? So the chronology here is uh, he um, he's like clever chicken man. When he when he says that he before he even calls Hector, he's looking and then he realizes something, and then he calls uh, Hector. Um, but he realized there's something before that. If I'm remembering correctly, is there? You know, I I, I don't remember. I don't remember that. I think that the first okay, major so realization say, is is about the tap. Okay, yeah, and so he then, says, uh-huh. and, and then uh, so then he changes the plan and he calls. Uh, yeah, yeah. He calls Hector it, to get the to send this message to get them to take take security away from other places. I think, and uh, 
My memory is a little hazy on this point, but I think that he doesn't see the cockroach until all of that is over. I, mm. I think he doesn't see the cockroach. No, yeah, the cockroach is the he's very already last made thing. the call. The cockroach is the last thing, yeah, uh, yeah. in that scene. And so maybe he was saying uh, that he, when he said that clever chicken man thing was after he realized the tap, but I could have sworn it was before he realized the tap. So there was a, so I don't know. I have to go back. No, and, I think it's after. I think it's after he hears the clicks. Okay, I'll believe you because that will make more sense. I don't know what he realized. So his his, his original plan was to. Uh, so he makes the video. He makes the video to uh, who, and says, "I'm going to go in tonight and get proof." No, and then yeah. he realizes, no. So it's not about the tapping. It's it's about he realizes at some point he can't do that before he calls Hector. Um, why does he realize he can't do that? What does he see when he's looking with his binoculars? Does he? You know, I, I don't. I don't remember seeing him. Uh, him no, well, why did he? It's not. So what does Hector's being tapped have to do with? He had a plan. He was telling Al, Al whatever the guy's name is, Aldadi or whatever his name is. Aladio. He was telling him, "I'm going in tonight." So he was planning at some point to go in that night. Hector, the nursing home being tapped doesn't change that. Unless well, it's, it's more like it's more like he realizes that he can make use of that after he realizes tapped. By like, may, maybe maybe at the time his plan was just to use that to try to take some security off of the laundromat and send send it all uh, to protect Gus, or send yeah, some send of it, it at least to protect Gus. Yeah, but he okay. I got it. I've got to go back and and watch this. The cockroach thing is. I was looking at yeah. He Jimmy reminds him of a cockroach. Okay, so what does he what does he want to do with Jimmy? Not he wants Jimmy to use Jimmy and Kim to draw in. He doesn't. Does he um, have a? Um, is he does he have a reason to be mad at Jimmy? I mean, the last time he left him, he was he was convinced that he he helped him. Was did, did he discover anything in the meantime? No, right. He's just oh, mad. No, at Gus. I mean, all, all he really knows is that Jimmy is lying to him about what happened in the desert. I think no, but then, but then Kim like convinces him that remember, remember then the, the scene is that Kim like talks to him and that he's like he's convinced by her basically. I thought. Well, she doesn't convince him that Jimmy's telling the truth. She convinces him that he's got bigger problems, that he's got bigger fish to fry, which he does. I thought uh, she, I, I thought she sounded convincing when she was. You know, I thought she convinced. Well, well, if he got bigger fish to fry, why, why does he just kill Jimmy? I mean, what does he got? What does he got to lose to? Just well, Jim, Jimmy. Jimmy's a loose end. He he still would rather have Jimmy alive, and he can always find out more later. Uh, mm. But the thing is, she tells him that clearly he's got bigger problems to deal with because he's proven that he can't trust anybody in his own organization. And so that's actually why Lalo takes Nacho with him. He changes plans and takes Nacho with him down to Mexico because he's like, uh, that woman was right. I, I, ne I need uh, to cultivate somebody I can trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we talked about Nacho. Like I was, I, I just went back and I watched the Nacho. You know, I'm I'm watching the whole thing again. So end of season three, uh, beginning of season four, I think it is. Um, and I, uh, you know, when Nacho, when uh, Gus gets control over Nacho, it's because he knows something about the. He knows the. He switched the pills. He's you know they they come, they have that scene where they come out. They smother that Nacho's friend, and then. Uh, Gus says, I know what you did, you're mine. And then they stage a scene in the desert where like they shoot Nacho a bunch of times. Um, and so Nacho, you know, Gus has complete control over Nacho from that point. I don't know how I was trying to see, they see the, how Nacho, you know, what proof Gus has. Gus needs proof in order to take it to the Salamancas. Um, yeah. Did you find Nacho. that out? No, did you, I didn't. Did you... I'm, I'm confused. Um, I can do this in real time. Uh, Gus proof. Nacho pills. 
Let's see what this says. Does that Gus have actually any proof? Okay, Reddit here has a has a uh, question here. Nacho was being followed by one of Gus's henchmen when he threw the fake pills from a bridge. That's right. So he could have maybe got a picture. Yeah. Gus got the, you know, here's the, Gus got, uh, you know, he could have had, Gus could have gotten the analysis from the hospital showing that Hector didn't have any traces of his pills in the body. Okay, I guess he could have. He does seem yeah. to be, have a way with hospitals. That's that's true. Uh, yeah, that's all possible. Yeah, I mean, is, is, yeah, is Gus the most reliable sort uh source for the uh yeah how does he even figure it out yeah yeah i don't i don't really remember and it could uh, even be that gus is just bluffing that that he has proof that nacho switched those drugs oh uh, yeah yeah it could be could be bluffing that's always a possibility um yeah, if I, but if I was Nacho, though, I would, you know, given all that Gus was asking, I would be maybe trying to think, like, does he really have proof? And I'd want to, you know, see that. Um, he could always say, you know, they could always say it was I was set up or, or something like that. He could go to them and say, you know, the chicken man <laughs> did it. I don't know. You know, he could, he could, like, preempt it. I don't know. There seems like there could have been ways for Nacho to get to get out of this. Um, well, you know, it, it, Nacho probably realizes pretty pretty early on that it's not wise to press his luck with Gus. And, you know, all of that stuff aside about the pills and Hector, I, I think Gus moves to just threatening Nacho's dad's life pretty quickly. And, and once he starts threatening his dad, like that's the only threat he needs. He figures out. That's okay. Okay. I guess when does he threaten his dad besides, I mean, the end when Nacho's in Mexico, but not no, like uh, he, he does it. He, he, there's an important scene that, that you might be forgetting. Uh, I forget when it happens. It was one or two seasons ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Gus has his guys break into Nacho's apartment in the middle of the night, drag him out. They drive over to uh, the garage where, where Nacho's dad is, and he's eating with a bunch of family members or co workers or something, and, and they send a guy in. They send a guy with a gun in to hang out with, with Nacho's dad, and, and no. they're in the car watching from the outside, uh, pressuring mm -hmm. Nacho to agree to work for Gus. Hmm. And once Nacho does agree, they, they give the signal by like flashing the headlights once and, and the, and Gus's guy leaves the dad. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that seems too easy. I mean, any Salamanca with any Gus could just threaten to kill anyone. Right. I mean, he could just, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that simple. You could yeah, totally threaten threaten the family is, you know, uh, we don't need anything fancy. If you're a vicious enough cartel guy, I mean, threatening the family is a pretty, pretty standard move. What did the cartel know? So, like, I guess, uh, you know, this would explain why these guys don't have families in America. Maybe they keep them all in Mexico where they're away from Gus, where he somebody can get them. Um, they should they should be able to figure out that Gus could threaten Nacho's dad, I guess. I mean, wouldn't that, isn't this a foreseeable hazard of yeah, cartel life? You know, you'd think. And, I mean, th this part is totally realistic. Actually, uh, I was reading a bit about the, the cartel wars down in Mexico right now. If anything, mm. they're, they're even more vicious than, mm. than these shows would lead you to believe. Mm. So. So I, I totally believe that 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 they would threaten family no, members. No, I, I believe they, they would them all the time and kill them all the time. That's not. No, uh, that's so, not so they should have predicted it. Probably they they should have 
you know, the Salamancas, they probably should have been tr- keeping an eye on his family somehow. Yeah. Yeah. The Salamanca seems um, pretty incompetent in a lot of, yeah, a lot of ways like Hector, you know, he's like, yeah, they're idiots. You're right. Like Hector sort of, he, he, um, uh, he angers Nacho to get him to switch his pills by like threatening his dad, threatening his dad basically. But then Nacho also doesn't like, you know, if he's still vulnerable to, to Nacho doing stuff to him. Right. You know, th- that, that's an interesting point. I mean, the Salamancas are aware that Nacho's dad is, is his weak point because Hector threatens his dad. Yeah. Uh, but they but they don't consider the possibility that, that the weak point could be used against them to compromise Nacho. Yeah. And then, and they themselves don't use, you know, his, you know, but the, so they use him to threaten his dad, but then they just sort of give up. So they make the, like they, don't they, um, Okay, so no, no. So at the end, Hector was gonna, yeah, Hector. That's why Hector was Hector was gonna um, uh, uh, use the dad as like a permanent thing. So that's what they were moving towards. I see. So the, yeah, they should have they should have realized that Gus could just as easily do. It. So Gus didn't even need to know. Uh, he didn't even need to know about the pills, and so maybe that's why maybe that's maybe that's, maybe that's why that scene was necessary because there was no uh, uh, there was no proof. Um, and, yeah, I, I always felt like that was that was the major threat that. Gus was holding over his head for most of the time. Yeah, I don't know. He should have figured. I mean, they killed his dad. He should have, you know, should have figured it out somehow. He should have just. <laughs> he should have got to the police. He should have done the FBI. He should have, you know, like. Yeah, I think if you go, I mean, if you go to the FBI, like you're a you're a rat, they just kill you. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. He should have, he should have been more creative in his thinking. He should have found a way to get the message to law enforcement, get the message to Gus that law enforcement knows without getting it out that he's a rat. I guess that's hard. Mm. Um, I guess that's, I guess that is, that is complicated. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. What else, what else happened in this, uh, uh, in this episode? Uh, well, I mean, w- one thing is that we know that Cliff basically has every piece he needs to figure out what happened to Howard. Uh, well, well, I mean, not not the Lalo part, but he has every Cliff has every piece he needs to figure out Jim and Kimmy's plot. Uh, uh, well, Jimmy and Kim's plot, and he probably will figure it out. I mean, now now well, that Howard's dead, he probably will. I mean, the question is, what's what, you know, what are they going to do with Howard's body? They could uh, stage a suicide. They could stage a suicide. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, but they're, are they going to stage the suicide at Jimmy's house, or they're going to move him? You know, which I is- think they would probably move him. Uh, I doubt they'd want to bring all, all that intention, attention to their house. I mean, and if, if the cops start looking at surveillance cameras in the area, there's a decent chance they'd see Lalo pulling up. Yeah, and they'd, well, and they'd see Howard going to Jimmy's house, too, right? Um, so, uh, so they're probably going to move the body somewhere else and stage a suicide. And you know, so the gun kills himself. Well, I mean, they're going to get the ballistic. They're going to get the ballistics. The gun is going to. Well, the bullet is going to. They're going to have to find the bullet. The ballistics are going to have to make sense because the, uh, you know, how does Howard have a gun? Um, and the the gun is the same kind of gun as the cartel. Right. Has. They'll they'll have to figure that all out. And and yeah, you know I, what? They're they're probably going to make use of the information they just learned that his marriage is failing. They'll mm, they'll probably try to work that into a suicide story. Yeah. Mar- Mar- I mean, yeah, it's like a reasonable thing that he might commit suicide at that moment, I guess. You've got the Lalo pulling up, you've got the Howard coming to Jimmy's house, you've got the ballistics, you've got a lot of, you know, do you just do you just 
somehow disintegrate the body, somehow get rid of the body. Um, and then, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, very- uh, I, I feel like it's setting up that they're, they're going to go with the suicide angle they, they need it to be wrapped up neatly. They kind of need there to be a neat wrapped up story and not to be like a, a cold case. Missing person. Because yeah. They can't afford for the cops to look too deeply into what went on with Howard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a great point, but even a suicide, I mean, if Cliff Main goes to, I mean, if he's suspicious and he goes, you know, um, it's potentially, yeah, it's still, it's still potentially bad. Uh, you know, does, they're gonna have to move his car. They're gonna have to move his car. I mean, they're gonna have to, you know, do all this. You know, yeah. it's 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 uh, all right. They'll have, they'll, have, they'll have to figure it out. They'll have to figure it out. Um, yeah, I mean, know. we're probably gonna see most of an episode, maybe the next one, devoted to them figuring out what to do with Howard's body. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, you know, this, this is like a this is like a, a recurring trope in the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul universe. We have an entire episode devoted to what do we do with the dead body? Yeah, yeah. They had that one with that guy that that Gus's when he killed that minion of his. Uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, the very beginning of Breaking Bad when uh when uh Walt yeah Crazy Eight's body. Yeah, that was uh that was yeah. You're right. That is you know you know one of these things these shows like to do. They like to have like they like to show like manual labor, like skilled manual labor, like men doing things with machines. Um, and figuring things out. It's like a very, you know, the, these scenes are very good. Like, you know, you could tell that the producer has like an interest in working with his hands, craftsmanship. Like you could see that, um, you know, and that's, that's a lot of fun. You can, you can like, see, you can get in, you know, you can get uh, into it. I was watching that uh, scene where like he goes to the, uh, Jimmy goes to get a job at the printer sell, you know, the printer sellers and, you know, they just know so much about printing and Jimmy knows so much about printing, you know, sort of like this joint technical, uh, mastery um and so yeah we'll see you know we'll see something like that the uh oh, oh here's another thing that that's uh, that was striking to me um you know we're supposed to you know so like we talked about how like oh like howard's like becoming a good guy and like you know we're, we're supposed to sympathize with him and he's doing the right thing and like cliff too and like the legal profession a positive angle on it but you saw when they took that old woman into the room and they asked her to go into the wheelchair um and then she is like no i'm fine and they're like oh come on and then you see at the moment like oh wait you know that they're they're not so innocent they are manipulating people to maximize their own profits jimmy is jimmy has a correct critique about them um you know these you know they tell her like another one and a half two years um you know these are old people it's been what like four years already um and it seems like Jimmy and Kim are right that they should be settling on behalf of the client, but no, they're dragging it out. Looks like for their own reasons, and they are, uh, you know, they're putting her, you know, they're putting her in a wheelchair and manipulating the scene. So it, it's like, you know, it's like a further complication in a thing that went that became like, you know, Howard's redeemed, but then again, it's like, oh no, he's still a lawyer, and lawyers are sort of still sort of bad. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, Howard, he, he's actually kind of similar to Jimmy in, in that way. You know, it's not like a thing that most lawyers would do, I think. Uh, but Howard is, has always been like the salesman. He has that in common with Jimmy. Uh, you know, Jimmy even, even says a couple seasons ago when Howard's at his low point, you know, Howard, you're a shitty lawyer, but a great salesman. And so I, we're seeing that, that element of Howard there with, with the wheelchair angle. And and with the way the way he jumps in a couple episodes ago 
to, to sell the clients on the job of waiting longer for the money. Howard yeah. is a, a great salesman and he has that in common with Jimmy. Yeah. And so well, well, when, when does Jimmy say that you're a bad lawyer, but a good salesman, what was the context of that? This was, this was a, a couple seasons ago, at least when, when Howard is at a low, a professional low, uh, I think this is after Chuck's death and HHM is bleeding clients right and left. And they're, they're having uh, layoffs. There's a, there's a time when Jimmy goes into the office and he's like, Hey, where'd everybody go? And Howard's like, the consultants call it downsizing. Uh-huh. And and then they have this nice little conversation where Jimmy actually tries to pick Howard up and say like, "Hey, you'll come back from this, you'll recover." Yeah. So the yeah. So I I like that scene too where that kid comes in, he's putting the water, uh, the whatever the drinks in the fridge, and then like you know it's like you you see that Chuck portrait. I never saw that portrait before. Had you, you seen it before that scene? No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, so it's like, yeah, it's like Chuck is looking down on them, you know, he's admiring him. And, you know, Howard dies uh, that night. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's like, Chuck, you know, who told me this trick where you twist the, you know, the can around and it doesn't, you know, he's like, the, you know, it's the best legal mind ever. So he's like, he's paying homage to uh, Chuck, you know, in this little stupid way with the with the can, you know. Sort of like, it's funny because he's like, he, it reminds him of like how Chuck was always, you know, prepared for everything, Um and like Howard is sort of the same way. And then just like Jimmy, just like, you know, he, he sort of beats them both. I mean, he's like, it's like, it's really is like a, um, it really, I mean, it really is, you know, his, the complexity of his like efforts because, of the, and you know, so it's, it's foreshadowing that, but also like when Howard says, you know, you didn't do this for the money. He's right. Like the lab, we talked about this, how like the elaborate, like the elaborate nature of these schemes, like the yeah. expense and the time. And like, they're not the cheap, most cost-effective way to get what you want. He can, he's a great salesman who can make money um, just doing regular sales stuff. Um, but it's, it, it's a joy. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's his craft is to be, is to scam people. Uh, well, it's like uh, Howard says at the end to the two of them, he says, you get off on this. And, you know, that's pretty pointed because we see that they literally do get off on it yes, earlier in that episode. Yeah, they liked to, they're listening to that settlement announcement. <laughs> they were getting off on it. They were, their clothes were on. They were in the background. Their clothes were on. It looked like they were you know, maybe getting, maybe in the, uh, maybe they were you know, getting started. Uh, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. So this is, yeah, this is a, this is a revelation. It's like all this stuff, it's like, all this other stuff that though is sort of fake then when it's like we do this, you know, like you take down, you know, you, you choose this path and it's like, you're not choosing the, 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 the issue is not hard for Jimmy because he's um, uh, like, he's like, he can have more money if he becomes a criminal. It's like, no, it's like, it's hard for him because you know, the bad part of him wants to do bad things. Yeah. So and Kim too. Uh, yes, deep down, Kim, they both, the, the answer is they, they both just love it. Yeah, and and this harkens back to um like that sort of climactic scene in uh, Breaking Bad where he tells where Walt tells Skylar, you know, I did it, you know, and she says, "Don't tell me you did it for me." It's like, yeah, I did it for myself, right? So Walt is Walt has the revelation. Um, he becomes self-reflective. We don't know if Jimmy ever gets there, or certainly not. Kim is not that reflective. Kim thinks she's a good person, definitely. Um, at this point, so we um. I think Jimmy thinks he's a good person too. Yeah, I, I don't think they're as reflective as Walter uh, was about this. 
You know, I, I read an interview uh, after this episode. I read an interview with uh, the K- Kim's actress, uh, Rhea Seahorn. I think that's how mm-hmm. her name's pronounced. That's, yeah. Uh, and there was an interesting part of it where she said that Kim compartmentalizes really well. And I think that's something that we've been talking about uh, in, in some of these earlier talks. You know, Kim, I think part of her, when she's doing her like pro bono work as a lawyer, when she's doing any of her regular work as a lawyer, that part of her does compartmentalize and think of herself as a good person and a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. And, and then she just switches modes when she's going into her scam huckster persona. Yeah, no, you're, and yeah, we, we, yeah, we did talk about that. Um, and then Jimmy has, Jimmy doesn't have this compartmentalization because he's just a, I mean, the, being a lawyer is just like another hustle for him. Although he does have, a, like, we talked about his clients. He does, you know, he does care about these elders and doing something for elders' law. So, yeah, I mean, there's a compartmentalization there. His code is, you know, taking care of the weak. They're both of their code is like taking care of the weak. You know, they have, they have this. Right. I guess and, and, and Howard points out that that's basically what allowed them to justify screwing him over the way they did. You're, it's, you're. They're telling themselves this Robin Hood story about how you know they're stealing from the rich, like Howard, the rich and privileged and stuck up, and giving to the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like you know, this is like it, it's sort of a fake. It's a fake virtue. It's like these people they want they think they're doing some greater good. Um, but they, uh, but they're violating, like, you know, it's like a dictator who like, oh, I'm going to, you know, dispossess, but I'm going to do it for the greater good of the people. It's like, they don't, they don't follow like normal rules of human interaction, like legal, like legal ethics or like, you know, uh, you know, just like common, you know, honesty or decency, but obviously they, you know, there's scam artists, but then like in the end, it's like, yeah, we're, we're helping the old people. Um, you know, and like it, the 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 method, uh, you know, the the sort of the the path that like Kim took to justifying uh, to coming up with the idea of like getting the settlement, it was it was um, you know it was clearly think about all that money, think about all that money, and then well, clearly later the justification was, or maybe even simultaneously, but it was it was clearly about getting the money. Um, you know, the justification of helping the old people was clearly secondary. Uh, hmm. So it's like the money, it's like the thrill. And then it's like, you know, holding people's way at the bottom if you're going at the hierarchy. You know, it's, it's not like they even system. needed the, the quick money that badly. Oh, it's because, nice to have. You know, if, if they had just waited a couple of years, they would have had more money. No, but they were in bad shape. Kim is, uh, you know, she, they, they, Kim is um, working uh, this pro bono stuff. And this yeah, stuff, yeah. Um, Maybe it was because of the, the move to pro bono work that, that they needed the money quicker. Yeah. And, and Jimmy is... Um, Jimmy is starting to well. Jimmy Saul thing is starting to take really take off at this point. So he's doing it simultaneously while this is taking off. So he's 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 gonna start rolling in the dough. So yeah, I mean it's always nicer to have more money. Um, it's uh, I think for Kim from the beginning, I think it was mostly about taking down Howard. You think she hates Howard? That I do, well, why do you think she hates Howard that much? It's, it's, it seems like he's a byproduct of her love of Jimmy and her love of uh, her thrill of like scamming people. I don't know if she hates you know, Howard really. I mean. That seems to me like she, she does, and it's just it's just the accumulation of Howard being the antagonist for her yeah. and Jimmy over the last several seasons. Just he, a lot of little things, uh, and, and it's also all the things Howard points out in his final speech. You know, privileged, rich Howie has has everything. I think that's part of it. You know, and maybe that's part of why it's done these flashbacks to show us the way the way Kim grew up. Maybe part of it is, is to show. That, she, that she's always had this kind of 
resentment towards people like Howard. I don't have everything like, handed you don't, to them. Yeah. You could show her poor without showing her mom like being a scam artist. So uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be all of it. Um, you know, y- y- if anything, like her mom should make her resentful of Jimmy, who's like, you know, more like her mom, right? She's just a, just a, you know, a scam artist and a thief. Um, so I don't know. Um, he, yeah, I, one thing she doesn't like about it, he makes it, people who compartmentalize or have a lot of cognitive dissonance. I think they dislike people who point out that cognitive dissonance. It's like the Sopranos. You, you remember the Sopranos scene where uh, the, there's that psychiatrist that he's telling, you know, he's sort of laying down the truth on Carmela. It was a long time ago that I watched that series. Okay. So if we talk about, I think I talked about Rob Henderson when we talked about uh, uh, Sopranos. Basically, um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a scene where the, you know, the psychiatrist lays down the truth in Carmela saying, you know, this is, this is, this is immoral, what you're doing, and you should do, you know, X instead. And, you know, she sort of, she doesn't stick with that psychiatrist. Um, and it's sort of like that Howard is always telling her, like, the, basically the truth about Jimmy. Um, and, you know, this was Chuck before when he was alive. So Chuck and, you know, then Howard um, are always, you know, telling the truth i think she you know has contempt for uh uh she has you know contempt for him also for like stick like still trying to be friends with jimmy or still trying to offer him a job and like not getting it so there's a contempt for like his weakness in a way and that it takes him a long time to sort of because there's an important scene like one of the things i was rewatching going back to the printer shop where he like uh those guys want to hire him on the spot do you remember this and then he's like i feel sorry you know like you're just gonna do that because saga dads you know i feel sorry for you like he hates these guys for being like naive like he just hates he like we just said they want to protect the weak they do want to protect like the i don't know i guess like the the criminal defendants and the elderly people but like not the people who are maybe psychologically weak. I think they have a good yeah, that. That, that. That's a good point. I, I think that for Jimmy and Kim, there's a certain kind of weakness that they don't want to protect. Uh, yeah. There's a certain kind of weakness where they v- just view somebody as a mark, and each of them just kind of yeah. think that suckers deserve to be taken advantage of. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's right. Suckers deserve to be taken advantage of um and they don't have that, to that's be something even... that's something that a probably a, a con man you know probably most con men believe something like that it, it's a powerful force to justify what they're doing oh a sucker deserves to be exploited yeah 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 jimmy's jimmy's dad was like the sucker remember the, those scenes where they go back to the store and then jimmy is like you know the guy who comes in and he's like oh my daughter needs milk or something like that and then like jimmy's dad like you know he, t- he even tells marco later like you know my dad like everybody in town knew he was like a sap and you could tell him anything and he'd like give you money and like free stuff you remember this yeah vaguely yeah so th- th- this was a thing there was a scene where basically yeah uh there was see there was a scene where jimmy was in the um store working the register and this guy comes in is like you know i need milk water i don't know something for my daughter uh and then like you know the jimmy's dad gives him money and then like the, jimmy's alone with the guy and the guy like buys a carton of cigarettes from jimmy instead of buying whatever he's supposed to uh and then like you know his dad like you know his dad doesn't get it like the guy leaves and his dad's like chasing the guy trying to give him more, more money so like jimmy yeah. hates you know that, this goes against the genetic determinist stuff i mean his dad is like the complete you know of the interpretation of kim uh you know the uh, the uh jimmy is um, you know the opposite from his father he grows to have contempt for his father uh over this and you know contempt for all others all other suckers as he as he goes through life yeah you know maybe this is uh 
I don't know whether it's part of the show's worldview, but I think it's certainly part of uh, Jimmy's worldview and maybe Kim's that they think that when you're an underdog, when you're relatively powerless, you're supposed to hustle like like they they did or li- like they see themselves as having done. And yeah. if you're not savvy, if you're not street smart, then you're not doing what you're supposed to do in this world. And so you're one of the weak, one of the ones who deserves to be exploited and taken advantage of. Yeah, and that, but and that wasn't that wasn't Kim. So Kim, uh, you know, apologizes for Jimmy at the start. She, you know, covers his tracks, but she's not enjoying it. She, it, it's like a, it's like a, she's, and she's not like happy that like everyone's being taken advantage of. You know, and she's she's reluctant. I mean, she is reluctant. She's not a good person from the start. I, you know, she she has these moral dilemmas that she always comes down on the wrong side of <laughs> but there but there but there doesn't you know you know you're not getting that, that this is her worldview or she wants it to be like this she's just sort of she has this weakness uh for jimmy and for her own uh advancement um you think so you know i i think it's a bit ambiguous but i i still think that what we don't see we're i think we're not so much seeing kim being corrupted as her we're seeing her being kind of revealed we're seeing as the as the show yeah. goes on the layers of Kim being carved away to to reveal uh, that that she does have this deep core that's like Jimmy, and that's probably why she was drawn to Jimmy in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was drawn, and we talked about she was drawn either because her mother was you know either she's genetically like her mother or her mother is um, I don't know she's looking for like I don't know she's she's. Uh, trying to find her mother, even though she hated her mother. So it's like Jimmy, it's like, you know, uh, Kim is shown not liking what her mom's doing. Jimmy is not shown not liking what his dad is doing. So Jimmy becomes like the polar opposite of his dad. And then Kim becomes sort of like her mom. Right. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, I, I guess, you know, when the series starts out, she's become kind of the polar opposite of her mom. Yes. But then she reverts. Uh, yeah. So this is this is genetic. This is the genetic. <laughs> this is the genetic. You know, <laughs> it's getting to like the philosophy of of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, there, it it does kind of seem to be part of its worldview that there is some kind of determinism. I don't know whether it's genetic or or not, but but it seems to be arguing that basically, you know, every time somebody breaks bad, it's trying to show us that that badness was always in them and they always had a choice to to take a better road. Uh, This is, this is part of the show's philosophy, basically that, that, uh, that the bad stuff is innate to, to at least the the protagonist that is showing us. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at it. Yeah. Character by character. So Jimmy, yes, I think that's the, that's the slip in Jimmy. That's that I think is the, is the uh, lesson of Jimmy's character. You look at somebody interesting, like uh, Jesse, Jesse Pinkman, um, he becomes a good, or was he always a good, he was always a good person, I guess he wasn't, he was never malicious. He, yeah, yeah. Jesse, Jesse is kind of a case where, where it shows us the other side of the story, uh, kind of the inverse. It, it shows there's us that good. there's a guy where circumstances could force him to be bad, but instead his innate goodness wins out in the end. Mm, yeah. it's a good point. So yeah, I see Jimmy. So he's like sort of a, you know, loser or drug addict in the beginning, but he, he's never hurting. He's never hurting people or doing, you know, he's just doing his drugs and not being a productive member of society. So you're right that Jesse is never, 
a bad person. Yeah, the cartel guys, I mean, there's no complexity. They're just evil, right? I mean, like the, the twins, I love the twins. It's like, they're just like, they're just like these dumb robots that like go around like killing everyone like for, without ever thinking or reflection. They're, they're almost not human. They're just like avatars for like walking, like murdering stupidity, like this hulking, these hulking idiots. Um, and then Hector is like, yeah, Hector is a, uh, is a, you know, it's just like, you know, as bad a person as you can get. Nacho has, yeah, Nacho's also good. Nacho, I mean, he's, um, you know, at the beginning, he's, he, he, he avoids not unnecessary harm to people. He doesn't enjoy hurting people. Um, he'll do it if he has to, but yeah, Tuco, you know, again, just like a psychopath and crazy and, you know, not a good person in any way. You're, you're right. I mean, you're right. It is a, this is what a, pretty hard genetic determinist series would look like. And so I guess looking at that and putting it that perspective, that I guess maybe that's what they're showing. You know, it's like, it's consistent with everything, but it's like genetic determinism is like so rare in Hollywood or movies or TV um, that it's, you know, like you're, you know, you start out assuming that it's, uh, you start out biased against that interpretation, but you know, yeah, there's a lot to give. There's a lot to, you know, you know, there's a strong case to be made for it here. Yeah, you know, in, in both of these shows, uh, it, it's kind of counterintuitive because you would you would expect the story of how somebody breaks bad to be a story about how circumstances kind of force them to go that way. But the Breaking Bad world kind of rejects that mindset, and it, it always shows us that they had multiple chances, perfectly great chances, to, to take a, a different path. And, and so th- there's kind of a two-part message. One part is this is this optimistic sounding one saying, "Hey, our characters always have a choice. They always have a choice to do the right thing, and they choose to do the wrong thing when they have perfectly good alternatives." Uh, and the other part is less hopeful, which is that it's the innate badness in them that makes them choose to do evil in the end. Yes, they have a choice, but the choice is determined, and so this is not like this is not like philosophical free will. It's more like, um, yeah, it's, it's just genetic. I mean, it's just determinism, well, genetic or whatever, right? Uh, you know, uh, upbringing. You know, I don't know about the upbringing stuff. I mean, I think with the because you, you see the you see Jimmy and you know you see, um, yeah. I think you're. I think you're right. I think you're right. Now, the only thing that doesn't fit with that with Kim is she at first doesn't like her mom's um, behavior, right? Right, so right. And so, so it might be wrong to call it genetic determinism. Maybe it's it's just. You know, determinism, nature but, and nurture determinism. But Kim is actually no. Kim is actually she's going along with her mom's uh, scam, so she's going along with it, but doesn't like it at the same time. So it's like you know, maybe Kim. I don't know. Maybe Kim was from the start sort of this conflicted, compartmentalizing uh, person, uh, because yeah, she overcomes like you know her. She over she like she turns into something different, but then turns you know it's not that determined. She has to meet Jimmy. Like she doesn't become a big scammer without Jimmy. Um, she lives like a normal life and maybe cuts some ethical corners and is a lawyer, right? So you know, other people. Well, do but maybe things. maybe the, maybe the deterministic part of it was that she was always going to be drawn towards somebody like Jimmy. I think Jimmy's a unique. Yeah, we don't know about okay, her dating. If, if it hadn't been Jimmy, maybe it would have been some other some other scumbag that that she got attracted to. I mean, there's the, there's a very. I mean, that was, he was he's a unique he's a unique. I mean, for him to be a, he has to be a lawyer too and to be a con artist. I mean, like 
you know, it's uh, maybe you're right. I mean, like scumbags like that. I mean, tal- that he's a, he's like a very talented scumbag. I mean, he's like you oh, know, sure. It's uh, it's not a she doesn't no guarantee she needs. I would like to know more about her dating history. I'd like to see a prequel <laughs> of a. She's so old now, but I would like to see it. I wish there was a prequel of Kim's. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think you can do like a twenty year old. I don't think you can do a twenty year old Kim. I don't know. It's like she's too old to have like an. You know, you could do that for like when she's like seven, but I don't know if you can have like a twenty year old actor play her as a young woman. Um, although maybe, maybe you can. But she's um, no, I, you can't. <laughs> but she's yeah. I'd like to know. I just like to know more, if possible, about the other kinds of guys she's dated, like mm-hmm. from her adult. I, life, I think you know. that she was. I think she was drawn to Jimmy. Because of of his uh under because of no, his I, underhanded side. No, I agree. I, I I think that's true. It's just you know like is she what's she gonna do if there's no Jimmy? She's gonna go to biker bars and like you know find some like uh, what, 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 like who like Jimmy is like a scumbag for a lawyer, but like there he's he's a different category of lawyer. It's not like he's on a spectrum. I mean, Jimmy that. Jimmy's probably perfect for her, but sh- she would have probably ended up finding somebody. Some some second best or third best alternative for you know a, a talented scumbag with a heart of gold or a heart of co- copper or something like that. Yeah, he probably wouldn't. He wouldn't have been a lawyer because Jimmy maybe maybe he would have. I don't know. Uh, most lawyers. I mean, Jimmy is not like like so. Jimmy makes more sense as a salesman than so than as a lawyer because the lawyers are people who stay in school for a really long time. They go through all this ethics training. They're often somewhat idealistic. They want to change the world while someone who just goes into sales like likes, you know, might do that because they care about money or they just care about, um, uh, you know, they, they like the idea of sort of manipulating people and getting their way. Um, so maybe he would have been like a vacuum cleaner salesman or a printer salesman or some kind of guy, you know, does this, does Kim end up like, they don't have the balls to do this, but if Kim ends up like with the cartel, that would be awesome. <laughs> like she ends up marrying Valalo and runs off. Cartel. she breaks bad worse than Jimmy where, you know, and just goes and like becomes a cartel uh, wife. That would be the greatest ending imaginable. But well, you know, that, we still, we still need to see uh, the payoff to Kim seeing the, the business card of the vacuum cleaner guy. Yeah, that's a big dangling loose end here. They could, I mean, they could, they could be, they could be teasing us. I still want her to go join the cartel. That's that's still my that's still my hope. <laughs> Don't you? Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a ballsy ending? Mm, yeah. You know, actually, that that ending would kind of remind me of a the ending to uh, Star Agent Starling in the Hannibal series. Do, do you read that or watch that? No, I, I don't know what that is. Si- Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is something that that uh, p- most people don't know about the, this popular franchise because they didn't put this in the in the movie version, but in the book version. Is this uh, a spoiler? They, Are we have to tell people as a spoiler for Silence of the Labs? I mean, this thing this thing is like twenty years old. Yeah, people but go yeah, back and watch a, stuff. It's, it's, I it's, do that all the time. So okay, spoiler: Silence of the Labs. But go ahead, people have been warned. Yeah, so, so so the protagonist, the heroic FBI agent that that uh, that Jodie Foster plays in Silence of the Lambs. At the end of the book, Hannibal, Hannibal actually ends up like seducing her, and, and she joins him and runs away with him for the rest okay. of her life. And and they they go off and do serial killer things together. Ah, yes, that would be that would be that would be great. Uh, the because yeah, it would be like a nice because everyone's expecting either she's with Jimmy or she dies or something, right? And so like you know, this would be a sort of a, a third option. Yeah, you know, I, I am I'm kind of thinking. 
I think now that it would be kind of too neat if this if all of this just ended with Kim dying. Like, I think that that's what everybody kind of is leaning towards expecting at this point. But they've already had like they've had the Howard play the role of the of the bystander who gets drawn in and unjustly killed. And and Kim, she's now she's corrupt. She's part of the game and she's she's in the game. So I, yeah, I no longer think now. She's not. She's no I, longer. I no longer think that it would be as effective uh, for the show to just show Kim paying the price by dying. Uh, I feel like it's gonna now. It's gonna do something more creative with Kim than just showing her killed by the cartel somehow. Yes. So I'm actually bullish. Uh, uh, I'm more bullish than I used to be uh, on Kim's life prospects. Yeah. 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 That's all. What if she becomes like, what if she turns on Jimmy? Uh, like, what if she cooperates after the Breaking Bad stuff happens? You know, they're together, she cooperates, and then become, you know, and becomes, uh, you know, what if, what, what about this scenario? She cooperates with the FBI or whatever. She goes to the media, um, portrays herself as a victim, a poor woman who was manipulated by this man for all these years, becomes a hero and like the biggest nonprofit, like, uh, you know, liberal establishment lawyer and uh you know lives the rest of her life as, 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 well, as kim as, is a, a more and more accomplished uh, con artist so it's yeah. entirely possible yeah she could do something like that and jimmy ends up you know whatever he's, he's dead or he's in jail uh jimmy in jail you know we i could imagine the last scene of is him like you know uh uh, sort of running the jail, you know, like running the commissary at the at the jail, like you know, working out the uh, disputes between the uh, you know between the the different inmates. You know, you know I, I, I guess I, I'm coming to think that it's more plausible that Kim doesn't die, and instead she like she becomes like the successful Breaking Bad story, like she mm. becomes the most successful villain that we've seen break bad, and she just becomes this like you know this Scarface figure you know the the the, the ultimate corrupt lawyer well she's the one, she could the be one who successfully she could, uh se seems to be to be pure-hearted so she could be legitimate or she, she could be like she could be part of the cartel which i would, which I would you know I, i'm still not sure i i, I agree with your Kim i would never stop I would the cartel so, theory. it would make me happy and then if that doesn't work but then the other side is like yeah legitimate like she becomes like a, a, a you know, a governor or something like, or like a presidential candidate. Like she's like, no, no, she's I, I, I think that she's I, right now, right now. My theory is that Kim is going to be the most successful villain to break bad. <laughs> she runs against Trump in 2024. What year is this? What year is this thing going to end? Yeah, and so, you Which know, maybe by the end of the series, we, we just see Kim going, mm -hmm. you know, embrace fully embracing her cold hearted side. Yes. But as what, as a ball, as like a, a successful professional, right. Of some kind. Yeah, a successful professional. Maybe, maybe even relocating to do it because we need that. We need that payoff. Yeah. So I wanted. Yeah. Now I want to. Yeah. But I want it to be. I want it to be bigger. I want it to be bigger than she relocates and is just a lawyer. I want her to be like you know again like uh, like a big. You politician. see potential in her. Yeah. You want to see her <laughs> making the most of her talent. Mm. Yeah, I would like. To, I'd like to see that. They never do that. They never do anything like uh, you know. They never become national. Nobody becomes a national figure. Everyone's so big for Albuquerque, right? Nobody, like nobody in the series, becomes like you know. It's like the DEA of Albuquerque. It's like the El Pollo Loco, the Chicken Man of Albuquerque. It's like the the drug dealer Walt. You know, it's, it's like Walter. It's like, a, like well, Walt yeah. apparently becomes you know 
high up on the FBI's most wanted list. No, that's that's true. He does he does have something. But we he know, makes a big time nationally yeah. on the crime scene. But Kim goes into becomes a polit becomes a polit becomes a governor of New Mexico or like a senator and a presidential candidate. You know, it, it's interesting because uh, Kim. Uh, what, what, assuming she does relocate and use the vacuum cleaner guy's services, uh, she, you would think that if she's trying to avoid, you know, the FBI or something, she can't have a high profile. She can't draw too much, too much attention to herself. Uh, maybe doesn't want to draw cartel attention. So we'll have to see how it goes. Maybe, maybe in the way things go, maybe Kim is not going to end up relocating to avoid legal problems. Maybe she's just going to do it to just to get a change of identity, and and then she can, you know, under a new name, she can she can make the big time somehow, yeah. become well, like a that, white that, shoe version of Saul Goodman. Limits. If she becomes a new name, then she limits her. She can't be like a governor or something like what I'm planning for her. So she has to become like a lawyer. She can't be that. That puts a cap. She can't even become like the most famous lawyer, defense lawyer in the country or something. Um, that limits her ability to. Be the successful Breaking Bad. We want these, you know. If so, it, it, you know, it's possible, but it, it's still. If you have more ambition for her, that that closes some paths. It, it would be tough to navigate, but I'm kind of wondering. Here's a possibility. Just the general thing I'm considering is that maybe what I'm thinking about about is how can Kim use a vacuum cleaner guy's services while still trying to maintain a relatively high profile in her new life, uh, and. You know, for the, all of that to happen, she can't be using the vacuum cleaner guy to avoid the FBI or to avoid law enforcement. Uh, so one possibility is that she uses him to escape from Jimmy somehow. Or the or the cartel potentially going after so, her. So that Jimmy won't be able to track her down. And then, you know, yeah, so Jimmy won't be. So she wants to leave Jimmy and she wants to be successful. Uh, okay. You know, uh, th this reminds me, we've seen in this last episode now, we, we have kind of the first major opportunity for a big wedge between Jimmy and Kim, because this is part of the payoff to Jim not telling him that Lalo was still alive. You know, when, when Lalo came in there, Kim and Jimmy were both terrified, but Kim at least knew that yeah. he'd been alive. Jimmy thought that he was seeing a ghost, basically. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I Yeah, I didn't... Uh... Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of that. I didn't realize that. That's right. Uh, yeah, I read it on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's where you get all the ideas from. Okay. Well, this is cool. We, you know, we're, so I guess we're not going to have any of these things to talk about, um, until July. Um, let's, I don't know. Let's either, let's maybe, maybe there's more to discuss. Maybe we go back, we watch something or we watch some breaking bad or we do something. Um, well, let's like keep this going. Let's not just wait until, uh, yeah, sure. July. Okay, cool. Well, everyone, if you have not, uh, so you get a break. You get a break from uh, Better Call Saul stuff, unless we decide to do more, but a break from new episodes until uh, mid-July. And so if anyone wants to like watch the show, I don't know if you why you would listen to this if you were going to watch a show, but you know, maybe by the time you watch, you'll forget this. You could go watch a thing from the start. We, we highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, we'll be doing other stuff and then be doing new episodes when they pick up again in July. All right. Good talking to you, Chris. Yep. See you next time.